Action Park Media. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. You know the drill. Just sit back, relax, enjoy. This is the Brilliant Um Show. I'm Big Game Bob, coming to you on your local airwaves. However you're listening, whyever you're listening, folks, we're just happy you are indeed listening. We got Scooty Wilson, our guy on the ones and twos behind the glass. Scooty, check in with the folks. Hey, gang. How we doing? I tell you, Scooty, I, uh, I, I came walking in. Connolly, he heard that my putting's been absolute dog shit. Yeah. He handed me a stress ball. <laughs> Right out of the gate. I didn't know why he threw it because I heard your putting's been like shit in the ass. I, I, I can't hit a putt for the life of me. So where were you playing this, this past weekend? We played Bel Air Country oh. Club, uh-huh. which was one of the nicest clubs I think I have ever played. It was um, to the point where you couldn't even – you weren't allowed to have your phone out. We had lunch before. It was with a member who was there. You had to put your phone down. I mean, that's not great for a content guy here. Not great for a content guy right. whatsoever. But at the same time, if they're having you put the phone down – you know you're about to play at you know at a good club, and pretty much I mean when you play on these nice courses, it's like you're putting on glass. It, it, it's one of the hardest things to do, and I always want to blame my putter. I I really do. But the bottom line is, and I'm a realist, Scooty. Uh-huh. It, it's not the putter. It's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody, you know, they want to critique or get a different putter. It's just you. Yeah. Yeah, Connolly was telling me, he was like, if you want to get into golf, start on the green and work your way backwards. Don't start at, at the driver and then yeah. try to figure out the putter. And, and you know what? Connolly's going through the grind. I've been watching him go through the grind. And it, it's just, it, it's brutal. I was putting everything out there um, and just could not hit a putt. And, and we had caddies, too. Uh-huh. And you really feel like you're letting down the caddy, which is the worst thing. <laughs> it's like, not only was I letting down myself, I almost felt, I, I really did feel more bad for the caddy than I did myself because he's giving me all these reads and I'm just nowhere near where he wants me to be. Now, was the caddy John the office assistant or John, someone else? John the office assistant. Okay. So I, I actually felt worse. I mean, right. he got me out to the club uh-huh. and I, I felt worse. Yeah, I, and now you're bringing it into work, you know, because you got to yeah. see the kid every single day. It's yeah. not just one time on the golf course and no. you're out. Yeah, now, now I go into work and he knows that I got a shitty putter. He told Connolly, I walk into the door, Kevin Connolly throws me a stress ball, so I've just been squeezing this thing out. And uh, on, on top of that, more bad news. Uh, our guy, our beloved Jersey Jerry, gave us the Houston bet last week here on the Patreon. And, and folks, go ahead. Please get signed up to that Patreon. It is a blast. We are doing the weekly happy hours. You get an extra podcast. We're having a ball over there. Another podcast releases Friday on there. The link is in my bio on Instagram. Get signed up for that. But Jersey Jerry gave his pick. Houston versus Baylor, and, and he, he did a ballsy thing. He's as hot as they come. He, he couldn't miss a Scorching. game. Scorching. And, and the bottom line is, Scoop, you're bound to lose one. And, and I told him, I said, look, you're going to keep keep giving your picks, and he's good about picking his spots. He's not picking a game every day because then you're just setting yourself up for failure because you're going to pick the wrong games, and you're going to hear it from the people. He takes Houston plus five and a half, and instead of the points, he actually goes with the money line. Money line so he yeah. didn't take the five and a half. He took the money line, which was ballsy, and I love him for that. And Houston got absolutely destroyed. They got they got smacked. But look, Smoked. I appreciate him taking the dog and losing on the dog as opposed to taking favorites every time, and then eventually he misses on the favorite. No question about it. And, and he's heartbroken. And the worst part about the game is 
the, the worst games to bet on are the ones where you don't have anything to cheer for throughout mm-hmm. the entire game. You just know it's a loss. You just know it's a loss. Yeah. A, a, and it's, you know, there's some where it's the second half and you make a little bit of push and you get a little bit of an adrenaline rush uh-huh. there. And, and we're all in it for the adrenaline rush. Absolutely. That's why I'm in it. Uh, yeah, it's not the money. I want the heart rate. It's the heart rate. It's it, it's the uh, the roller coaster emotion with the boys. And yep. it, 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 that's why you do it. This game didn't have any of it. Jersey Jerry's heartbroken, um, but he can't be because I told him, you know, people are busting his balls because there are some people that jumped on board right as Jerry made that pick, uh-huh. and that's what's going to happen. And that's why sports betting, that's why these, you know, handicappers, it's such a tough thing to do because when you lose, you're going to hear it. And oh. you could go 10-0 and 0 like Jerry has, lose one game, and people are going to bust your balls. Yeah, they're going to destroy you for it. I mean, the comment section, if you lose a game and you get a pick from someone, that thing's getting lit up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was getting shredded. I didn't even make the yeah. pick. Didn't make <laughs> you the were pick. just riding. Yeah, just riding. <laughs> Poor guy. And he's absolutely heartbroken. Big news out of Gerard, and we're going to bring him on for the Patreon Friday. He's got a lot going on. Uh, Jersey Jerry is going to be having a kid. I saw that. Which is phenomenal. And, and the front runner for the name of the boy is Gamble. Really? Gamble Gilfone, no joke. This uh, is. Uh, I. Love that. I mean, I think it is Gamble. He was going to do Gamble Guy Gilfone. I, I told him he should give him a num- another gambling. I think it should be Gamble Hedge Gilfone. That's a name right there. Yeah. I mean, how you get the wifey to sign off on that, I'll never know. But if he can get the signature on that. Yeah, it's not, guaran- it's not guaranteed. He's definitely pushing for it. Uh-huh. Um, something that only, to be honest, only the Jerry could pull off. And, uh, you know, from a content standpoint, by the time this kid hits three, four years old, I mean, that content is just going to be literally out of the He's going to fly out of the womb making picks. Oh, I mean, this kid is just, that is going to be just a a fascinating childhood. (laughs) Absolutely. And as soon as that kid can talk, even if if he can't talk, we're getting him on the podcast. 100%. So, So big, big shout out, big congratulations to our guy. That is my brother. Gerard Gilfone, he will be with us Friday going through a lot. He's got a lot on his plate right now. But the poor kid, I mean, look, you're going to have that bad pick. And if you followed him from the time where he was fighting for the segment, Mm -hmm. I said he's got to get 7 out of 10 to get the segment. If you followed him from that and you wrote every single pick, Jerry's had you in the money for a long time. Yeah, you're riding in the green the whole way. Oh, for sure. So so I feel for the kid. I I knew it was going to eventually happen. I would be right back on the horse with him Mm -hmm. for his next pick. He picked the spots. I think he's going to jump into the UFC now with basketball. Um, kind of being over. We have the national we're recording here Monday. Yep. Uh, we have the national championship tonight. And um, if you're a Baylor fan, great news for you. I love Gonzaga. Uh, I, it's Gonzaga all the way. You do like Gonzaga. It, it has to be, man. After that game against UCLA, they're riding so high. Their momentum's flowing. There's zero chance they lose this game. And by the way, I mean, you talk about Vegas. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Putting that four-and-a-half-point spread uh-huh. is absolutely where that spread should be. And I think they're going to get even action both ways, which is just beautiful for them because then they just collect yeah. on the Vic. You know what I love is the internet clips of people when they lose gambling. I like watching people lose way more than I like watching oh, them win. For sure. And the, the high they had when UCLA made that layup and oh. then and then the – 
immediate plunge into death after Gonzaga hits that half court shot. It was just beautiful Ab- to watch. Absolutely incredible. I mean, good for, good for UCLA. Yeah, scratching what a run. Lawn. But but the problem for Gonzaga betters is I like Gonzaga, uh-huh. which I mean there is nobody colder. Yeah, a- and if I'm a betting man. With me liking Gonzaga, and I'm going to bet Gonzaga, I would hammer the, the living shit out of the Baylor Bears. Is it that bad right now? It, it, it got real bad. Okay. It got real bad. And then I you know, I came up a little bit, and I didn't want to mention that I was hot. And um, we are trending downwards. Quick quick, uh, quick question here. Sure. If you're riding Jersey Jerry with Houston, right? Yeah. And you see they're just getting absolutely destroyed yeah. going into the second half. Are you a live better? Will you will you jump on and bet again to try to get that money back? Or are you just tossing the game to the side and live well, live another day? The sucker in me would bet the second half. Uh-huh. And I would probably bet it again. That's and a true gambler spirit. I like it. True. Yeah, for sure. And, and maybe I'll do an over. You know, maybe I'll yeah. hit an under on that, which is probably just the not, not the right way to go about it. But again, Scoot, we are always in it. For the adrenaline rush. And, right. and I took a lot of heat last week. Uh, me and Cole Cuts were talking about how I love when they call me Bobby Unders. I love to bet the under. Uh-huh. A lot of people came into the comments uh, about me. That, I stand by that. I, I Good. I just get so anxious to get a bucket scored and, and just watching every second tick if I have the over. Or if I have the under, I just love watching yeah. that clock tick. And it's an adrenaline rush for me. And, and, and I, I've always been an under guy. I will continue to be an under guy. I just, what Vegas does with these spreads, I would love to see from the time like a game comes out, I just picture them. Are they all in one boardroom talking about the spread? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Who are these how, guys? How do they come up with this line? Because it is on the money more often than not. Every single time. And I wonder, are they in a boardroom? Or, you know, what do they call their profession? Yeah. Who are these guys? It's just like De Niro and Pesci around a round table that's, discussing the lines. That's what I think it is. And yeah. then I think other sports books take a look at other sports books and see what they're doing and kind of go from there. Yeah. The whole process of it, I, I think, is just absolutely fascinating. I do think there's a lot of math involved. There's got to be. There's got. But you know what I love, too? Like, cold cuts is, is such a sucker for it, and it just cracks me up. When we're, when we're picking a game— Uh-huh. Colcutts will say, okay, I'm going to do recon. Right. And when he says he's going to go do recon, he's going to research it. As if he's going to find something that Vegas doesn't already know. Yeah, like the grass is too long on the field or something for a football game. He's going to do recon. Or he'll call me and say, you know, uh, so-and-so's best player is out, Uh which is why we should. I said, Colcutts. Don't you think that Vegas already counted, accounted for that? You don't think that they know that their best player <laughs> yeah. is out? Yeah. You think you know something that they don't know? So the, the recon thing, it just cracks me up. I like the mindset. Hey, try to find any edge you can. But yeah, yeah. cold cuts, if, if you know, they, they know. Yeah, cold cuts, if you're listening to this right now, they know more than you do. <laughs> and you're not doing anything that they don't already know. They're the eyes and ears behind the whole thing. So I let him do his recon. I let him have his moment, you know, and we go as we please. We're in it for the adrenaline rush. Um, but, uh, Scooty, call me crazy. We got a phenomenal interview coming up here with Todd yeah, Frazier. I mean, I've, I've only been with you for a few weeks here, but I've listened to all your episodes in the past. One of my favorite interviews you've ever done. Yeah, we, were, ta- we were talking about it uh, after. You know, my thing is that, I, that I've tried to do and we haven't done yet I wanted either to get a baseball player on or I wanted to get a golfer on. We mm-hmm. still, it's amazing, especially with the golf following that we have. It's amazing we haven't gotten a golfer on, which we definitely will do and, and lock in. Maybe we bring in our guys, Sammy Ryder and Big Wave Dave. But mm-hmm. we got Todd Frazier. And most importantly for me, being a Yankee fan that I am, um, to get a guy who played for the Yankees. And 
the reason that I wanted a baseball fan, I get not a lot of people are baseball fans out there. Some people may know Todd Frazier. Some people may not. The beauty of this interview is I don't think you have to know Todd Frazier to enjoy it. Because Absolutely not. It's a lot of the behind the scenes of a baseball player and, and certain – which I think may be a little ridiculous questions that I asked, you know, as far as the, the dugout spread after the game, what does the, the clubhouse food spread look like after the game? Um, just certain behind the scenes of being a major league baseball player that I really enjoyed and him being a Yankee made it even better. for Yeah. Me. That's what I was going to say. It was a lot of like Robbie topics, right? Like it wasn't about baseball or, you know, his position and stuff. It was about Type, types of things that you enjoy talking about, which is why I thought it was such a great interview. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's what I loved. And I was truly fascinated by it. Um, you know, without giving too much of the interview up, we're going to be going into this. The thing that, that blew my mind was Todd Frazier, 2015, is playing for the Cincinnati Reds. He is – the All-Star game is in Cincinnati, so he's the hometown kid. He wins the home run derby, mm-hmm. okay? And, of course, I asked, like you said, a classic Bob question – what he did for dinner after. Yeah. Because, you know, my thing is, you win something like that. Um, it's Joey Coldcuts right here. Let me just, just okay. answer this yeah, yeah. real quick. Coldcuts, you are live here on the Burnley Dump Show. Bob? Coldcuts, you're live here on the Burnley Dump Show. Say hello to the folks. What's going on, folks? Cuts, can I ask you something? You know what we just mentioned that, that I find to be a little bit ridiculous? Is when we go to pick a game, and we talked about my cold streak, but so I can't really talk. But when we go to pick a game, and you always say that you're going to do recon, and you find certain things like a certain player being out or something like that, don't you think that Vegas already knows that? Oh yeah, but this is this is the experts, Bob. They're given they're given their insights. You know, they know more than I do. Right, but you don't know? you think if a exactly that's exactly that's exactly right. Knows the answers, but wouldn't you be better off asking the smartest kid in school for a little study study guide before going in? It makes you feel more confident. I tell you, it's, it, it's actually a good backup. But I gotta ask: Are you are you saying you're the smartest kid in school, or you're just saying no, you're at? No, I'm not the smartest. school. when I do the recon, I'm looking for the inside information from the bed experts. Okay, I'm uh, the kid who's barely getting by. Cold cuts. I, I gotta be honest with you, Scooty. Call me crazy. I actually really respect that answer. I do too. Yeah, I I, I feel good. Cold cuts. We got. A lot of I think it does. I think it does. We got the national championship game tonight. You're on your way into the studio to record the Patreon episode Friday. Cold Cuts, we will see you in a bit. All right. See you, boy. Take care. I love that man. I really do. Just a fucking care. By the way, he had a pretty, very good response. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Great analogy, too. Yeah, I respected that analogy, too. So he's off the hook. Um, but in regards to Todd Frazier, yep. okay, 2015 Cincinnati Reds. Um, he wins the home run derby. And, mm-hmm. of course, my thing is, you know, you're coming off such a high like that. It's got to be so nice to go to dinner. Like, you're the man. Food's got to taste better that day. Absolutely. And, of course, I asked him, I said, you know, what did you have for dinner that night? He wins the home run derby. Hometown kid. Incredible moment. And one of the best home run derby moments for me, uh, he had McDonald's. Yep. <laughs> he had McDonald's. Uh, of all things, he goes home. I think he said he goes to a party and then went to McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. He had a what a pregnant wife at home. Yeah, she was kind of craving the McDonald's, so he he just flew right into the drive-through. That had to be the best taste in McDonald's uh-huh. he's ever had. Let me let me ask you this: What's your top? What's your top five McDonald's? Scooty, I, I got to tell you, man, you, you have been exceptional behind the glass. Uh-huh. Uh, there is nothing that I love more. 
than these top fives. We used to roll them out all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, we got voicemails coming up brought to you by Scooty. Scooty got a voicemail set up for us, which has just been incredible. We're going to have that at the end for our Ask Bob segment. It is back. Um, top five McDonald's items. Um, I will say five McChicken. Okay. So from five, one being the best. I'll say Spicy f- or original? Either or. Either way you want really? to go with it. Okay. Yeah, I think the sauce on it's incredible. And the beauty about the McChicken is just the meal is never enough. So say you get a number one, say you get a number two, that's never enough. You have to add that extra item. You are so correct on that. Without without question. Without question. Without question. You have to add that. And then, you know, you have the perfect amount. Yep. You have the absolute perfect amount. If you're drunk, you add on one more item. You start to hate yourself at that point. You do. You yep. do, especially after it. Right. Um, and by the way, going through McDonald's drive-thru, there's nothing more fun than ordering fast food drunk. Oh, yeah. You just let it fly. It is one of my most favorite. <laughs> it, it is an adrenaline rush to go, and, and you just get rattled. You're yep. drunk. You want to really make sure you get the right order because if you're drunk and you don't get the right amount of order in, you're going to really kick yourself after. Oh, absolutely. And when you're in the drive-thru and you're drunk, I, I hope you're not driving. I, I would assume yeah, you're not. Yeah, for but sure. you're, you're with the Uber driver, right? Do you always offer to get the Uber driver something when you go through? Yeah, of course. You got it. Of course. It, right? I always feel bad asking them to. Um, I'll start off with the cash, uh-huh. and you know, I'll give you more cash, and then I'll also offer something on top of that because yep. it is so instrumental to. I'm sorry about that, folks. It is so instrumental to to get an Uber driver that's going to go through and and get that meal at the end. Um, and, and it is just pressure is high when you're drunk on that drive-through order. Um, but but I will say McChicken five, okay, because you got it's such a great extra item to add. You're probably not going to get a chicken sandwich for the meal, or you're doing it wrong, so you still get that chicken fix. Um, four. Speaking of chicken fix, mm-hmm. I got the I got the nuggets. Okay, I think the McDonald's yep. nuggets. I'm not I'm not a huge McDonald's guy. The McDonald's nuggets are top of the line. Not too much of a breading, which I like, and it still stands up to the barbecue sauce. Good, no good crunch. Good crunch. Yep. You got a great crunch every single time. Very consistent. Uh-huh. You know, I love Wendy's. Wendy's nuggets, you never know how much breading you're going to get. They're a little inconsistent on the breading. Um, number three, if I could go breakfast, I'll go McGriddle. You can go breakfast for can sure. I, I can go breakfast. They do now. breakfast all day now. I mean, I will tell you, Scooty, the fact that other establishments, not even just fast food, has not caught on to putting the syrup in the breading or in the, you know what I mean? Yep. It's just fascinating to me because it is a total game. And I don't know. I mean, do they have that license to where nobody else could do that? that that's, that's a great question. I totally agree with you because you get the syrup on the side, like in a little packet or something. Yeah. You're getting the sticky fingers. Oh, you're it's all, all over the place. And by the way, try driving, you know, try taking that on to go on the go. I, I mean, what they have done with the McGriddle is a total game changer. And it just amazes me that nobody's caught on. They might have a patent. They might have a they patent on the, on the inbred syrup. I mean, the fact that they've been doing it this long uh-huh. and nobody's caught, caught on is just fascinating to me. Um, number two, Scooty, I, I, I'm going Big Mac. Okay. And when you think McDonald's, you think Big Mac. Um, the sauce, the Big Mac sauce yep. is absolutely incredible. Um, and, and something about the Big Mac, yeah, it's a lot. It still leaves room for that extra item, mm-hmm. for that extra McChicken um, I really like the Big Mac, which this may throw you off here for number one. Okay. Number one, I'm going the Quarter Pounder. Oh, I, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, the reason I'm going the Quarter Pounder, and somebody actually gave me a, a, a trick for this, and he's a fast food aficionado, um, is 
the quarter pounder, you'll notice it's a different it's a different patty than uh-huh. like the Big Mac or the two cheeseburger. Get some combo. more meat on there. You get more meat on it, and mm-hmm. it's real meat. It's yep. a total different kind of beef. It is to where if they put that type of beef on the Big Mac, I got Big Mac at one. Okay, but, but I like Big, the mindset. Yeah, the Big Mac patty is the same patty for like those two cheeseburger combos, right. which is not. There's so much more breading than meat. Right. The quarter pounder, total different type of beef. It's real beef. Yeah. So I got the quarter pounder at one, and you know what? It might leave room for a little controversy, um, but yeah, Big Mac two, quarter pounder one. Okay. And, and without further ado, I mean, phenomenal stuff out of Todd Frazier. Yes. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed this. We talked about it after just the banter we had. Me and um, Nikki Cass, Nikki Cassano, do this Instagram live every Monday called the Pantry Boys, uh-huh. and we give hot takes on food. And Todd Frazier was one of the guests that we brought on. And he, he was spectacular. And I said, you know what? I got to bring him on for the podcast. He's got a lot of energy, speaks our language. Uh, without further ado, folks, let's bring him in. This is Todd Frazier. Let's give it up for Mr. Todd Frazier here. Everybody in the building, Action Park Media, let's give it up here for Mr. Frazier. There's the Ow. big fella himself. He's back for more. What's going on, baby? Now, tell me something, Todd. We almost pushed back 30 minutes here. You're in the bakery. You're 40th in line, okay? What do you credit the success of being able to get out of that bakery line and still stick to that 6 o'clock slot? Let's see. Let's bring out these donuts here. Before I go, my my buddy, good buddy, Devin Mezzarocco, I love dearly. He came over. He said, I got to take you to his place. I'm bored here out of the hotel. You know, we can't do nothing yet. So basically... I went. I just want to get a cupcake or two. So I got three different ones. I got this. Two, well, two, actually two. It's a good looking one's cupcake. A, one's a peanut butter cupcake on the bottom. Yep. And the other, the other two, I'm a big chocolate chip guy. These are chocolate chip with extra chocolate cookie dough crunches on in the middle there. Now here's and the then, only thing. Here's the only thing I worry about here, Todd. What's okay? that? It's it's six o'clock now. Are those dessert cupcakes? Are those dessert donuts? Yeah. No. I, I, here's the thing. When I go all out and get things. I splooge, and now I screwed up. <laughs> I don't, don't get one or two. I got a dozen. So actually, one's missing already. And so now, I got, do you push back dinner now at this point? No, no, no. I'm going to have dinner right when I'm done talking to you. Come on. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm going to have, I have a good meal. Hey, dude, you got to understand, this, this, well, I'm with the Pirates right now. They give out really good meals. I got Jack Daniels chicken waiting for me with some string beans and rice. It's, it's, uh. It's it's major league, baby. So the Pittsburgh Pirates actually give you the the to go containers to take with. Yes, no. So they don't they don't really want us, you know, going into restaurants and stuff. So they want us to get to go stuff. So they actually they uh, you know they take the extra time and have like uh, uh, not a chef but like some some person order our meals and they're waiting. Actually, they knock on your door and they bring it in a bag and uh, away we go, man. That, we're, we're, that- that is fantastic. Do you have the choice? Yeah. Like, say you're not a chicken guy, Todd. Do you have the choice to go to something else? Is there a menu that the Pirates are giving yeah. you? They give us an app, and um, there's three different choices on there, uh, all different types of sides. It's uh, it's phenomenal. Like you say, it's phenomenal. Todd, I, I got to tell you, I'll tell you who was phenomenal the other night. On our Instagram Live, we do this thing called the Pantry Boys, for those of you folks who haven't seen. And it's hot takes on certain food items, Nikki Cass and myself run it every week. We bring Todd Frazier on, and the guy absolutely just lights it up. And you had a very interesting take that I want to just jump back into. You came sure. on the show. 
It's all hot takes on food. And you came in the show, and you, Todd Frazier, have an issue with ketchup at restaurants to where you think all ketchups should be out of the squeeze bottle. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. Either, I mean, squeegee, the squeegee little bottle or yeah. the glass bottle, because it, 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 there's two things to it. Either either you're too lazy to put the ketchup in the squeegee bottle or you're trying to save money with the package. So it's one or the other. I, I think, you know, to be top-notch restaurant, you want four instead of five stars or five instead of four. You got to go the extra distance. And, and I think ketchup is a big play. I mean, it's it's not only food, but it's what you dip into with your fries uh, whatever, what have you, or, you know, whatever sauce it is, it's, uh, you know, bring it out on the tray, pour it over. I mean, either one, it's just and a little, God, when, when you think about it, I mean, so many places go with the ketchup packets now, and I think we're in an era with COVID and all, you're going to see a lot more of those yeah. ketchup packets. The amount of ketchup that we're leaving in those packets. Oh my. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is, we are wasting ketchup left and right, Todd. Am I wrong? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's not right because listen, I, I, I'm part of it. When I pour the packets out, you don't get the extra on the bottom there and you just toss it. It's either, either, you either got the piece of plastic in your mouth that you're trying to rip off and then, and then you don't get it all because if you don't slice it the right way, you don't want to get it on your hands. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a joke. And I, I, not saying we ban it, but I'm I'm saying there's got to be restrictions on it now. Well, you had it. I I find it to be a great take, but you also had something that you said that I found very interesting. Is when you get the glass bottle. The problem that I had about the glass bottle with the ketchup is there was no portion control. You don't know at any given time how much ketchup's going to come out of the glass bottle. You could take <clears> the <throat> knife and take the knife out of the glass ketchup bottle, whatever you choose. But you had something interesting to where you hit, it's all Heinz. The only ketchup out there is Heinz, to where you hit <clears throat> the number on the bottle to get the most ketchup out of it. Yeah, so, I mean, we talk about the karate chop, you know, you don't have to necessarily hit it really hard. It's just, you hold the bottle and it just, you know, a nice little slight side bang there. And um, you can control it actually. Cause I really thought about it afterwards. It comes out, say it comes fast. Yeah. Say you're, say you're a waiter serving wine. All right. You know, <laughs> have you ever, you ever served wine to every, anybody out of the bottle? Never, never served wine, but I always watch. Okay. So, the main thing about that is, so you say you're hosting a party and you're giving wine, guys, you should pour it in. Take it out. No, you pour it in and you got to curve it so sure. you don't lose it. Sure. You got to do this with the ketchup bottle. Interesting. So to yeah. prevent that extra drippage on the ketchup bottle, you could kind of handle it like it's a bottle yeah. of cab. At the end, you want to swoop. <laughs> yes. And you can, you can maintain the speed as well. If you go quick, it'll stop quick. If you go slow, then it'll ooze out even better. I tell you. It, it, it's a gift. Yeah, I, I tell you, it, it, was, it was such a good take, and it, it was such a – and I love food, and I love talking food. And, you know, one more thing that I wanted to reiterate that, that we said on that IG Live, which I was always fascinated with, you've played with the Mets, you've played with the Pirates, you've played with the Yankees. Talk to me, out of all the teams you've played with, Todd, who has the best post-game meal for you? And do you enjoy that post-game meal? Is it a buffet-type style? Yeah, I mean, every every team you go to, they have uh, a good amount of chefs there. I would say at least three or four guys and, and girls in the back. But when you go to Yankee Stadium, uh, they treat you like, like royalty. It's like you're That's at Fogo de That's the beauty you of being been, a Yankee. You ever been to Fogo de Chao before? I mean, the meat selection yeah. is off the charts. 
um, off the bone, the best ribeyes, the best fillets, the best chickens, the best Italian food, pastas. They'll make anything. But you go in there and there's nothing, there's something that you really wanted. Um, you know, say you wanted, you know, a pork loin. I mean, whatever it is, they're going to find a way to make it for you. No ifs, ands, or buts. But hey, they treat you like royalty over there. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's just unbelievable. You go in there every day knowing that, you know, if I'm not feeling well today, I'm going to at least get a good damn meal out of this whole thing. And there's nothing better. And But you know what does bother me, Todd? I'm a huge Yankee fan, okay? <laughs> Here, Here's what bothers me. You have all these guys that, that buy the tickets behind home plate, the, the you know, the big business guys and all of that. If you sure. go to those suites, okay, when you get the, the, the tickets behind home plate, there's uh-huh. a box in, in the back where you could go into the to the suite and they have a huge buffet. And sure. they have king crab legs. They have sushi. I got to do it one time. It's spectacular. But the yeah. issue that I have, Todd, is people stay in the buffet and it makes it look like Yankee Stadium isn't sold out when it is. There's just everybody wants to go get the crab legs and all that good stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's part of the enjoyment of going to games, especially in Yankee Stadium. Fair. Is you, you know you're going to get a good meal. That That's, that's dinner. That's dessert, that's food, that's drinks. If you're going to go the extra mile, it's okay to miss an inning or two just so you can get that good meal in you. Because guess what? (laughs) You're there for at least three and a half hours. Uh, Because, listen, you get to the ballpark a half hour before the game at least. You're getting there. You're getting the appetizers, I get call them. You're getting the nice meals before. before. And, you know, after three innings, that's, that's a good hour, hour and a half. You know, the palate starts expanding. The smells the taste we're, we're going back for number two and that's the big dinner and guess what it's going to take me about 30 to 40 minutes just to salvate everything and then you know what by the eighth inning it's like oh it's a close game let me go run in real quick get the dessert and i can easily bring that back so out. that is a play that's another thing i've always wondered mid-game yeah. you want a bite to eat you don't just have the choice of sunflowers you could come back you could go down and you can grab something to eat yeah well no not not the so here's here's like an unwritten rule in baseball this is fantastic scoop I love me some Todd Frazier. I really do, yes. Todd. I really do. Because this is the this is great to me. Yeah, I, well, it's it's fascinating. I should write a book like about unwritten rules of baseball. Yeah. So the, unwritten, the unwritten rule in baseball, you're not supposed to touch the spread, meaning dinner. Because it's it's probably out, probably by the eighth inning, the food's out ready to rock. It is. So you if you touch that dinner, for one, it's bad luck. And for two, if somebody finds out you did that, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Because guess what? You're probably not a starter in the game. And you're going to take somebody's meal who worked their tail off during the game. There's going to be problems. There's been issues before where I had, where I had a trainer go take the first meal right after the game, and I said, "Yo, no, 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 no." I said, "Listen, can't put that." Can't. I said, "No." Put, I said, "Put it back." And I would tell him, "And this guy's 20, 25 years old." And I said, "No, no, no, put the meal back." So, but what if you have extra put, innings, Todd? That's the only thing I worry about. If they put it out they, at the eighth inning. What if we well, have extra innings? They, they got the hot um, pods underneath cooking. Don't, okay. I mean, if, if they have to go there, they do. This ain't their but, first rodeo. No, 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 no. And they, they got all the machine work back there. But for me, in-game meal, it has to be, uh, I mean, I'm looking for a bar or something. Like, they got these They got these energy bars. They got. I'm sure they, they got, got great energy bars. Oh, uh, <laughs> But you know what? The, fl- the taste is not the best, but it's something. Like, I'm a big banana guy. I'll go in there, crush a banana, fills you up for about 20, 25 minutes, 
you know, something something to put in the system. If, the one thing you got to stay away from is the chocolate, though. That's that's the biggest thing. Well, because I, the thing with the chocolate, then you go out to third base, you might have it on your lip. You might have. Yeah. I mean, do you are you thinking to yourself like, you know, I got this banana. Maybe I should just have the banana behind the dugout in the clubhouse rather than here's Todd Frazier in the dugout looking a little silly trying to eat a banana. Or you don't mind? No, I, I don't mind because you got you got to <laughs> represent boys. So we call it the boys. Like you're in the dugout. If you're not if you're not cheering on the boys in the dug, I don't care what you got a banana, an apple, a yogurt. I mean, so I've done sometimes. I'm actually undercover. I'll put like apple jacks or Cheerios in a cup and pretend I'm drinking it and and oh, eat it. Oh, like, Todd, so, I love that about you. Yeah, so I it, just to get a little sugar rush in there, but not as much. I'll dump the Apple Jacks in there, you know, and I'll pretend I'm drinking it and just crunch away. And now let me ask you this, Todd. You're, you're sitting there. You're at third base. You're in Yankee Stadium. You got some downtime in between pitches. Of course, you're paying attention to the situation, all of that. You're a big leaguer. You know that by now. How often are you gazing into the stands? How often are you seeing what people are up to? <laughs> I, hey, listen, I see everything. <laughs> I'm looking for my family. I want to see where my kids are. You know, there might be something going on. Hey, if there's a fight in the stands, you bet your ass. I'm looking every which way. <laughs> Pop up to right field, I'm looking at left like this. I don't care. The ball's over there. I'm looking. I'm like, all right. Yeah, listen, there's a lot of situations. I'm looking for that guy that's talking shit during the game. I want to find him. I'm, I'm looking. I hear him. I out. Eh, another strike. And I'm looking. My eyes are in. I'm, I'm fine. Country, I do fine. You know what's going to be nice? It's going to be really nice for you. I, I mean, people freak out about getting baseballs where you could make somebody's day by just tossing them a ball. Something that I've always wondered after I hit the age of like 14, 15, what am I going to do with that ball? <laughs> no, no. What am I going to do? Listen, there's one of two things. You hang it in the room saying that, you know, yo, Chipper Jones threw me this ball back in the day. Nobody's yeah. going to care. <laughs> or, or, or you go and you give it to another little kid when you get older. I mean, that's the bottom line. It's, it's a thrill. I mean, I think I've, I've, I was a big time. I, I wanted a ball. So for me, I'd go there for batting practice when I used to go with my buddy, Jimmy Principe. And um, we used to go to the Mets Yankee games and I wanted to catch a home run ball during batting practice. And I, I eventually did it. And I was, I think I was 10 years old. It was coming, you know, one of those like rookie of the year moments. Like, oh, ah, for sure. Boom. That ball's right up the there for an hour. Oh, and it didn't, it, for some reason you're like, oh my God. It's not going over my head. It's not coming short. It's coming right at me, and I got to make a move. And you know what? I felt like the you know Henry Rowengardner from Rookie of the Year. Great movie. Well, I mean, look, Todd. It also probably helped that you were six three by the time you were (laughs) twelve too. So I mean, I'm not going to give you too much credit for catching the ball. I I was I was a normal sized kid. I started growing (laughs) my junior year in high school, so it wasn't. You know, I just put my paw up there and went boom, got it. I got I got I got one more behind the scenes question here for you, Todd. Anything, anything. Okay. I always wondered, you know, Yankee Stadium for me, we always wanted to stay the whole game, okay? But my dad was so worried about traffic. Traffic is a huge thing, and not even just Yankee Stadium. I think any ballpark, any sports, you always want to beat traffic. We're out here in L.A. now. You do not stay for a full Dodgers game. You just don't. It's a 17 no. game. You beat traffic. You guys finish up, all right? You finish the game. You talk to the media. You say what you got to say to the media. You get changed. Mm-hmm. By the time it's done, do you still hit that traffic on the way out, or do you just kind of hold a little bit, enjoy the spread, take your time, no traffic on the way out? So I'm I'm gonna take like the game's changed. I'm gonna take my time, guys. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm either gonna when I'm done, 
you know, if I have a good game, I go to the media for 10 minutes. So it's a good, I'll get back to my seat, take my cleats off, you know, let the feet hang a little bit because you're, you're dragging a little ass. So uh, for me, hang for about 10, 15, get my text out of the way of the wife, let her know what I'm doing. After that, go to the media for 10. So that's 25 minutes right there. Sure, Already and you up. haven't even hit the spread yet. No, no, haven't even. So then I'll get ice wherever on my back, my arm, wherever it is, whatever I need, and eat while I'm icing. So that that cuts down 10 minutes. So that's about 40. Sure. Then you got then you got a shower. That's 10. Get changed. Maybe bullshit with a coach or two. So it's a good, we're we're looking at a good hour, hour and 15 until I'm leaving. Nine times out of 10, I'm not hitting traffic. But to your point. There's always that one guy that you bring to a ball game. Listen, there's always one or two guys, and you look in the seventh, and you just see, like, their feet's moving, their head's moving. Like, <laughs> you know, they're like, they bring it up. Hey, guys, what do you, what do you think? The game's what do you yeah, think? It's, four, it's four to one, man. Let, you know, what do you think? And, and there's always that two guys like, oh, no, they can come back. And then if you're that guy that wants to leave, now you're just sitting there like, Oh man, why I, I should have never came. And now you're pissed off because you know you're gonna hit the traffic. But there's always one or two that you know and you know exactly who it's gonna are be. Are you every- seeing even on the field, are you seeing the turning heads? Are you seeing the traffic guys? Do you look out in the stands oh, yeah. and say that's a traffic guy right there? Oh without a doubt. <laughs> that is unbelievable. You see them grabbing their stuff and <laughs> you know, the one kid doesn't want to leave. It's uh it's 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 you know, I've been there. I I've I've asked to leave a couple times, but now, it's let me ask you something because because you mentioned you know when you when you the difference you know you have have a good game when you have a good game you know regardless of where you do it are you just instantly in a better mood after the game like does the food taste better that day does it just is it better going to the ballpark the next day after having a good game like does everything change depending on if you had a good or bad game bro that's such a great question because it's a hundred percent true listen we always tell the guys that, that after the game or the next day they had a good game because they're a little more chattier. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> this guy got two hits. He's talking about politics. He's talking about <laughs> right. About Joe Schmo. All of a sudden, well, he's in <laughs> conversation. Um, you know, we always talk about staying even killed. But yes, you don't care if the wife the wifey does something silly or stupid that night. You're like, oh, don't worry about it, hon. I just had two home runs and a double. You know, kids get away with everything. But if you're if you're that over four with two or three Ks, you get home, you look at your kids, you're like, go ahead, try something. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You don't want to go to you don't want to go to bed right now? Come on. Buddy. Well, oh, it's, it's you know, different. Kyle, what I what I compare it to and on a much different degree, because here I am playing forty dollar municipal golf courses, but <laughs> Rather than, you know, showing up to, to City Field or Yankee Stadium. But it's kind of like, you know, you go out with a, with a group of guys on the golf course and the guys that are playing the best are always the most chatty. You Like you said, uh-huh. they want to talk politics. They want to, you know, they're having yeah. the time and you can easily tell who's playing well and who isn't. And they're, and they're telling you basically how to shoot this shot. Now you shouldn't use this. Listen, the wind's a little bit to the yeah, right. Of course. You know? Of course. <laughs> Them and they're taking their time looking back at you like like he's gonna drive this thing 400 yards yeah, yeah it's uh it's true and then all of a sudden like and then and then when they struggle you're looking at him like nah he's back to his old ways yeah. <laughs> we call we call those guys same guys in spanish hombres, we call them same guy in spanish and it makes it it makes it for a fun laugh because you know exactly who those guys are like we talk about that want to leave earlier always talking after they have a good game yeah like i said that's one thing you'll know about me I'm the same loud, emotional, crazy guy every game 
whether I'm over four or four for four. Well, you know what they would always say about you, and you're right about the golf point. It's like you know, one person pars one hole, and they turn into Arnold Palmer. They just yes. they they want to critique you. They they want to help you out, and then they go and double bogey the next. But they <laughs> always they always referenced you as a clubhouse guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Stop. Yeah, that's something that that always stuck with me and never changed. It's something. Try one, I try and help everybody out. Two, I always stay even keel, like I just said. And three, I'm just a, I'm just a guy that wants to have fun, man. And I and I hope I, these younger guys understand that. And even older guys, like listen, I'm gonna get in your butt. I'm gonna get in your ass if you if you're if you're slacking off. I, I you know I used to do it with Joey Votto, and uh, we sure. became really close after that um, with anybody. Listen. Constructive criticism is very hard to give out nowadays because there's a lot of sensitive people out there, yeah. especially in the times we have now. You know, you got to know the guys that you can call out in front of guys. You got to know the guys that you got to take aside and got to know the guys that you have to baby a little bit to get stuff out of them. And that's a gift I got. You know, you know, my dad taught me that. I mean, watching my two older brothers, it's something that I've always, you know, you learn on the way. It's something that you, you, you can't be taught like right away. It's something you know, from seeing what other guys do and, uh, you know, what kind of focus you have during the games. Yeah, I tell you, it was fun for me to even watch it with the Yankees, and they would always say, you know, Todd Frazier's a clubhouse guy. You could see how good those guys responded to you and just how well you got along with them in the dugout. Um, here, here's something I wanted to ask you, Todd, okay? <laughs> I think I'm going with this, too. Go ahead. You, you ready for me? I think I know. I think you already brought it up. Go ahead. Oh, I see. I I wasn't gonna go there, but with that, I'll I'll Todd. I got I got I got no I got no problem going there. Okay. Now I I let you slide on the IG live, and even me and my dad were talking about we were cracking up because I remember watching this game. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna build up the moment. Todd Frazier steps up the bat, first oh. at bat with the New York Yankees, the Jersey kid in his home city. Okay. Mom and dad are in the stands. Everybody's Everybody. all excited for you. Base is loaded. Nobody out. <laughs> Michael K's there. He's building up the situation. There's a buzz uh, in the ballpark. Base is loaded. Nobody out. Todd Frazier, triple play. First at bat, New York. Yeah. <laughs> Can you laugh? Like, I mean, after it happened, do you laugh to yourself or you're just so pissed off at the time where it's got to marinate a little bit? Listen, I, I think it was a 3-0 count, too. So I'm, oh, I didn't know that. I listen, That's even what's no, 10 times no, listen, worse. No, I got it to a 3-0. It was either 2-1 or 3-0, and then he threw another one. It was 3-1 three three count. Are you praying I, he walks I, you? Are you saying, give me the easy way out, walk me? I, I would take it. At that point, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you bet just your throw, ass you would. Just, just throw one in the dirt. That's fine. Let me go. I got, I got 40 people in the stands. I can get out of the corner of my eye because they put the family section. Above our dugout to the right. So, 3-1 count. I know fastball's coming. The guy's throwing 95. And listen, to to my to, to help me out a little bit, I did hit the ball hard, but it was a one-hopper. One-hopper right to the shortstop. He actually took his time, threw it a second. They almost tagged the guy out for a triple play. <laughs> bang, bang, play at first. I, umpire's like, go on! Like, he's screaming. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, oh, God. And you know what? The, the worst part of it, they get the guy in the rundown, get the triple play. The crowd was screaming. You know, there was actually some boos. We actually scored a run, and there was some boos. But even worse than that, I could take a boo. The worst part, even worse, was I don't even get an RBI for that or anything. So it, it was uh, it was just a phenomenal time. You look back, you laugh at it now. But um, 
but uh, I, got, you... I got I, I got a hit later in the game which which helped out. We won, but it was just uh, it was it was sad sad freaking <laughs> there for sure. Do do you hear the life get sucked out of the place? Because like you know, Yankee oh. Stadium bases loaded. There's a fucking buzz in there. Yeah, you know, there was. Do, you, do you feel it just get sucked out? The worst part, you got to go play at third base too. So now, <laughs> five minutes to go in the dugout. I, I, I get five minutes to go in the dugout and and just you know simmer down a little bit. And at the end of the day, this is baseball, baby. Only the strong survive. And uh, I think I've been through it all. You think you've seen it all, and then that happens. All right. Well, let's 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 go to a, a much more positive note. There's been ton of those in your career. You've had just some big big time years and and something that i wanted to ask you todd that that i wonder it's like you know everybody wonders what it's like you know to be a rock star playing music in front of thousands of people uh playing an nfl game whatever it may be i always think i i can only imagine what the adrenaline rush of of hitting a home run in, in a place you know any stadium what it's like to hit a home run in a major league game do you like is there anything that will ever be able to replace that in life like when guys finish up their career like is it hard to ever try like you think to get that same adrenaline rush back no and and they always say act like you've been there before and it's a home run to me i have 218 in my career and um there's been some really good ones um there's never been any bad so let's put it this way a home run's a home run and uh you know, at the at the end of the day, for me, um, especially hitting it in Yankee Stadium, where you where you grow up and you go there and watch the games, and it was uh, in the playoffs, uh, the where the buzz is just crazy. Um, you know, you dream as a kid. Listen, you're in the backyard of your buddies. Bottom nine, three two count, bases Always. loaded. I mean, I got four walk off home runs in my career. I got I think six or seven total walk off hits. Um, in, in the greatest game and in against the greatest athletes in the world in baseball, um, you pinch yourself all the time, you know, on a serious note, it's, uh, it's fascinating. That's why I'm not giving up. I'm still, I'm still fighting here. I'm going to give this one, one year last shot. Hopefully I get back up there and, uh, you know, fight for, uh, you know, whatever team I'm with and, uh, go from there. But it's, uh, it's been a phenomenal, t- uh, 10 plus years. And, um, you know, I look back and I talked to my wife the other day. I said, I did some pretty cool things in my career so far, you know, over a thousand hits over, you know, 1200 games played, you know, something, you know, just something crazy that not many I mean, people get to with, with big numbers too. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's 40 home runs in, in one year. I mean, that was, that was pretty cool. So I, like, I, yeah. I, so that year you hit 40 home runs at your 35th time around the bases. Is it the same rush as the first time in the season? Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Like I said, I'm high energy. Uh, I try and get the boys going and, uh, you know, some are better than others. Depends on what inning it depends on, you know, what yeah. the score, is. you know, when you lead off a game with a home run, you know, you hit it, you know, guys like, you know, just drop the bat. Let's go. <laughs> it's, right. Right. It's business as usual, but you know, bottom eight, bottom nine. Like I had a really good one. I was thinking about this earlier today during opening day. It was, uh, I think it was a two-two game. I was with Cincinnati, first and third, less than one out, and this guy Tony Watson's pitching for the Pirates, and um, he's ha- he's had my number the whole, whole time. So I get it to a two-one count. He's good, good lefty, left-handed changeup pitcher, and um, he threw me a fastball, and I hit one in the upper deck, 
and it, it was one of my best pimp jobs. Like I kind of lifted the bat and jumped at the same time and gave a little oh, shimmy. Oh, that is the it dream. It was it was one like that. Oh, and you see the crowd going nuts. Like you're like, yeah, let's go. You're dropping f bombs everywhere, all <laughs> over the place, and you're screaming coming out of your mouth when you're talking. Let's go, and everything's oh, going that crazy. That is the it's, dream. Uh, those not unforgettable. Y- I mean, not even just to hit the home run, but then to pimp it after. Oh, is- I've had some good. Oh, that's good. And then do you want, do you go back and then watch SportsCenter? Do you watch the rerun right after that? I got, it. I, I got the videos on, on call. <laughs> I call right now. I call my feel goods. If I'm struggling, I go back to my feel goods. I have one of the guys, I have all my homers in a video console here on my on my iPad. And I said, ah, oh, let's just, let's just click. Uh, <laughs> boom. There it is. And uh, it, 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 it makes you feel good. Let me ask you this. Okay. What was what was a better moment for you? I, I would think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I would think, so I'm not even going to throw this one in there. I would think your first major league game trumps anything in your career or close to it. Yeah, I, I would say it's up. I wouldn't say it was my best one. It, just because the circumstances were crazy. I got, I got um, before that. So listen, I made the team. They sent me down that year. I was a little bitter. Because we picked up a pitcher. There's been, there's a lot of stuff that people don't understand before you get called up that happens. You know, you get called up and down. You make a team that can easily take you off. I was bitter. I finally got called up. Um, and actually, I was in Philly. Well, of all places, I had two busloads come down from the hometown an hour and 15 minutes away. I actually pinch hit that game, struck out. My first ever swing, I don't know if you ever heard of this, I swung and the bat slipped out of my hands and it went in the stands. <laughs> So, listen, that's, it, it was really, that's worse than the first was, Yankee at bat. Oh, uh, no, this is with the bat. The Yankee at bat. I know. It's like I've had some bad first impressions here, I guess. <laughs> but, but, but the, yeah, the call that the, the call that you're you're getting called up, you get that call. You do you immediately call family. I mean, is that just yeah. nuts? I remember like that was yesterday. My roommate, Scotty Carroll, who's a pitcher, he got called up later on in the season. We were both crying. I called my mom and dad, my, my my wife. We were all crying because this is what you it's what you dream of. I think the moment would be top one. I don't think I, I think being there was different. It wasn't wouldn't be like my top moment. But you know, as I'm gonna add to this, I actually struck out, and then they sent me down the next day. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Dusty Baker brings me in and goes, "Hey, Todd, he's got his tooth big and he goes, Ray, yes. uh we got to send you down. I'm like, wait, what? I got six other busloads coming because I thought I was starting that game. And this is like one o'clock. And he's like, yeah, man, I've never done this before, but uh, we need another pitcher. I'm like, Dusty, this is crazy. We got sent down better to the world again. You know, the ups and downs of people don't understand in your job. Imagine, imagine having your job and, hey, man, you got sent down. Uh, you know, you're going, you're going to North Dakota again to go work on Well, things. especially if you got to go back to Philly. <laughs> if you got to go back yeah. to Philly, it's a tough thing oh. to do. I had to go back to where, where were we? Triple A. I think we were in, um, uh, we were in, uh, Gwinnett or something in, in, in Georgia, some, some place where you, they got freaking, uh, what's the cracker barrel or, uh, waffle house is the only place open after the game. So it's uh, like, I hope they did. I was going to say, I hope they didn't send you to cracker barrel after getting, oh, sent I like out. cracker barrel. I love you do pancake. like cracker barrel. Mama's pancake breakfast. Let's okay. Go. I respect that. Todd, Something that you have, I, I, you haven't mentioned yet. I haven't even mentioned it yet. Two things, actually. And these are the two moments I'm going to give you. If you could relive one of these moments, you tell me which oh, one boy. you would pick, okay? You ready for All this? Right. Can't wait. Little League World Series, 
Todd Ooh. Frazier wins the Little League World Series. Okay, Little League World Series legend. Okay, would you relive the Little League World Series or Home Run Derby 2015? Wow, man, that's that's something else. This is a, this is really tough. Yeah, um, I didn't want to throw. I, I thought that I thought that first game would would, would trump it all. Do no, you, do no, you go I'm back not. to Little League or do you go back to the Home Run Derby? Wow, which um, you shattered, by the way, you shattered. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, as a little kid, ah, oh, man, the game is, you know, the game's fun, don't get me wrong, but as a little kid, it's, you know, how much you love, like, love that game. Um, only reason I would say Home Run Derby I would go back to is just because uh, my brother was throwing to me, and then my other brother, my two older brothers were there. He was my hype man. So I, it was an all-family affair. So I think that's the only reason why I'd go back and do that, because the excitement we had yeah. before that... I, Everybody came, and I had a monster house there, so everybody stayed at the house. Listen, my wife was pregnant with our second child. The heat went out on us. It was 110 degrees, so the house was burning hot. My wife was steaming. I have to go after the home run derby. We had I had to go to this party where Ken Griffey Jr. was there. I think um, uh, who uh, uh, what's his name um, Zach Zach uh, from uh, Saved by the Bell was there. Bro, there was I mean you got a whole listen, cast of characters I, here. Know, we went from Chris Berman, you know, back, 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 <laughs> to, to Zach Morris, to Ken Griffey Jr., to uh, uh, one of the, uh, what musician was there? It wasn't Drake. It was um, God Almighty. There, there was there, there was a who knows who, but from all different varieties where you're like, oh, my God, look who's here. Like, it was just. And this was, was after the Home Run Derby? After the Home Run Derby. Oh, and so then, you got to be on cloud nine. Cloud nine. And I'm exhausted, though. It's like three in the morning. And my wife calls me. She's like, listen, I want McDonald's now. Because she's pregnant right now. And she calls. I'm like, listen, guys. I told the driver, I said, you find a 24-7 McDonald's. She wants a milkshake. I have to get a milkshake. We're crushing large fries. Like, it was, we're crushing. I had a triple cheeseburger. Yeah, you know, we were crushing. We were so hungry. I said, honey, this is the best idea you've ever had. And we got home. Like there was, It was like 400 degrees in our house. Sweating bullets. My son's barely sleeping. Uh, it was just... It, like right now, it brings up some really good stories because of what we went through, but it was a lot of fun. Do you are you almost even more worried for your brother in the home run derby that's throwing to you than you? That's could... all I was worried about. That was yeah, all because was... you've been you've been on the big stage to where you're almost more worried for him to be throwing you good pitches. Without a doubt, because listen, you swing at every pitch. There's no automatic outs. It's a time limit, and at home, easy. Like we would practice for it in the off season. He'd throw money, click, 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 hitting homers left and right. And you know what? I got to give him credit. He did a hell of a job. I was more nervous for him. But, you know, once we got through the first round and the second round, uh, the crowd really, um, you know, helped me get through that, man. And uh, that's something Cincinnati fans, uh, they always bring it up to me. And whenever I go play over there or when it comes around, they bring it up all the time. It was a great moment. And and you were, I mean, call me crazy. You could tell that I've had my fair share of gambling days. You were like a, a plus 185 favorite but I think okay. at the same time that Vegas knew everybody was going to bet on you because they knew how much the crowd was going to be behind you as well. Yeah. And the whole Let's... scene, I mean, people were going nuts for you. It was one of the, if you ask me, it was one of the better home run derby scenes I've ever seen. I got that, and then when Josh Hamilton went nuts. <laughs> that home run easy was hitting at Yankee Stadium. Oh, I... it was unbelievable. Listen, the size of his bat that he uses was like a 37, 38. Ridiculous. Inch. Something ridiculous. So 
I choose him between a 34 and a 35. And you're a 35, big guy. 30, yeah, 35s are unheard of anymore. There's only a handful of guys that use 35-inch bats. This guy uses like a 37-inch bat, 33 and a half ounces. I'm like a 32 ounces, but he is just so enormous. Like people don't understand. Like he had so much strength, and the balls he was hitting in Yankee Stadium. Like I was, I had a couple good ones. You know, I was hitting them deep. Don't get me wrong. Hitting moonshots. But, but he was hitting them to Jupiter. I mean, I mean the- he was hitting at Lutz Chip sign in old Yankees. <laughs> yes, I know. That. Where, Are you kidding no, me? Listen, listen oh. where no has ever gone. You can't hit a golf ball that far at that stadium. I mean, and and what was crazy about it too was he it was he was doing it with ease. Ease, it, putting them in the in the, the third deck. Come on, man. Oh, Get out of- it was nuts. So yeah, I mean, look, I would either go that or. What you were doing in Cincinnati with how much the crowd was behind you, it, yeah. I'll never forget it, just how cool that was to even watch. It was just unbelievable. Little did I know. I mean, here's Todd Frazier, star of the night, and he goes home to a 110-degree living room. Poor guy. <laughs> it, was, it was miserable. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm watching like said, Todd Frazier. I'm thinking, there's no way this guy is eating McDonald's tonight. Crud- hey, listen, we <laughs> It was like a $200 bill. I said, boys, it's all on me, baby. Let's go. Uh, I had such a good time, man. It was, I, I, I would relive that moment just with the family, the family atmosphere. You know, I, I'll tell you, Ted, I, I, we have not had a, a baseball. We've had a lot of people on the show. I've never had an MLB guy. This to me is just, it, it's fucking awesome to hear. It, it really is. It, it's really cool. We're, di- we're different. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of good baseball players. I mean, the more you get on here, the the more laughs you'll probably have because we got some funny stories, but we're it, baseball's a quick, uh, like a nice group. You know, what happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse, you know, 80, 90% of the time. We're not looking for the drama. We just want to play. We want to get dirty. You know, you talk shit to us on the field. We'll, we'll fight you like a hockey player, you know, but it, it is what it is. You know, brawls happen. We love them. But at the end of the day, we, we have we have a good time. Also, too, like when you came on the IG Live with them, I, I called Nicky after. I was like, I got to get him on the podcast. Same way. Like this guy knows. <laughs> baseball guy know, Baseball guys know chatter because there is a lot of downtime in between pitches and between inning to where it, it's the most sport where you could just – they're chatter, guys. You got to be able to – you know what I mean? Yeah, you got you got to have. There's always that guy, you know, when he says, "Oh man, little life, let's go cheer it up." Like, I, if I could tell you, which I can't, the the conversations we have when a pitching coach comes out and does a change, like when we're talking to other players on the field. I mean, most of it is absolute comedy, and some of it's serious, and we get some good laughs. But that that's where the noise happens and the fun stuff happens. Like, you know, you, whether it's you know talking about another teammate, about you know what you did last night, or. Do you, you know, have to what, be? Do you have to be cognizant? Like to me, it sounds a lot like even just growing up, like high school and stuff like that. Just same type of banter, you know, in between pitching changes and all that. But do you have to be cognizant of you're at such a high level with all the cameras that you know you either got to put the glove over the mouth or whatnot? Yes, and if you got the mask now, it's even better because they can't see. <laughs> yeah, so nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, and there's a lot of hot mics out there. You see, uh, yeah. Uh, my boy Jimmy at John Boy Media over there. They get they get hyped up over there and do the videos. I don't know where he finds these mics at, but he he's you spectacular. Very, you got to be very careful. Let me ask you this: I uh, I mean, as you could see, I'm I'm fascinated with the whole Yankee thing. They always talk about, and, and I mentioned it to you on the phone last night. Was they always talk about you know how how prestigious it is to be a Yankee, and 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 I I just wonder. My question to you. 
You know, you have all the history. What makes being a Yankee so prestigious? Is it the history? Is it the fans? Is it what's the best part about being a Yankee? I think it's it's all that intertwined. Everybody's always asked me, like, listen, why why is it so special? Because I was only there for three three and a half four months um, when I got traded over, and I I said I can't explain it. I said there's something about being clean shaven, which I'm not right now, but there's something about coming to ballpark. Say, listen, if you're not clean shaven, get in the bathroom right now. Uh, when you walk in there, you, you you better bring your A game because they're looking for the best out of you. Uh, the amenities, uh, the people. If I need something, listen, hey, it's not, uh, let, me, let me see what I can do. No, it's I, I get it for you by the end of the day. It's just stuff like that where in some teams where it's like trying to pull teeth. But I think the biggest thing is accountability with the fans. Listen, you went four for four yesterday, but you went over for four today. Who, who gives a shit now? Listen, it's what have you done for me lately mentality. And not many people can hang with that. Even when you play with the, you've seen a lot of guys play in New York who fizzle off and, you know, you know, they, you know, they get a tight sack and they can't really do what they want to do. And listen, they go to another place and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're Mike Trout. But it, Not to name drop, I'm, but Sonny Gray is one of them. It's like, yeah, you, you go in, you put on the Yankee uniform, the, the media and stuff like that, and then they can go elsewhere. You know, they struggle. They can go elsewhere and just thrive. Yeah, and it, it, it is what it is. You know, some players can have it. You got to have the cojones, man, at the end of the day. And, I, you know, I loved every second of it. Let me ask you one more, Todd, and then I'm going to let you, you got go, it. okay? Who's a guy that a pitcher that kept you up at night? Just a guy that oh. you would want no part of? Pretty much everybody. Now, um, Aroldis Chapman, he, a long story short, so he was the, I was the first guy to ever face him when he came to America in Cincinnati. We had an inner squad scrimmage. I get up there, first pitch hits me in the back of my knee at 98. Come now, on. Listen, I just got done with meniscus surgery on the same exact spot. I went down uh, like a sack of potatoes. The bruise was the size of my whole leg. I came back two days later, though. To, you know, I, I, w I was strong, but um, I think I'm like 0 for 10 or 11 against him. I just can't see the ball whenever he pitches. And then uh, Corey Kluber, he just invisible. I call his Breaks a lot of bats, too, huh? Yeah. Um, Max Scherzer. I mean, those, those three guys right there, just like when I have, if they're like, Hey, Frazier, you're not playing today. It's like one of those, like, when they bring in a new pitcher. So I wouldn't say that to anybody or keep it inside. But it's like, yeah, you know, maybe I need that. <laughs> yeah. so it makes it funny. Todd, I got to tell you, man, you, you are, it, that was great. You have no idea, again, being the Yankee fan that I am, just the baseball fan that I am in, in general, you, you were spectacular. You were incredible on the IG Live the other night, and I appreciate the time, brother. I really do. Listen, there's nothing better than a baseball guru like yourself. I mean, we can shoot the shit nonstop, okay. and, and, you know, we appreciate people like you because, you know, you build us up and, uh, you know, with, with laughter, with comedy, but also seriousness because – it's a beautiful game, man, and you know it. Todd, you're, you're, you're the best, man. You really are. Uh, nice talking to you. Take care, brother. There you have it, folks. Todd Frazier himself. I told you, Scooty, he, he speaks our language. Very much so. He really does. And, and, and you know what? I could have gone an hour and a half with the guy. You want to respect the guy's time. Yeah. Um, I, I just could have kept going with him. It just He's fun to have a conversation with. Yeah, you guys were flowing for sure. Yeah, and some of that stuff, I mean, just being a Yankee and all that, me being the Yankee fan that I am, mm -hmm. uh, just incredible. But now, t folks, it is time. Took a little break. It is back. And a big shout-out 
to Scooty Wilson, our guy, the producer, on the ones and twos here, bringing in the voicemail because I, I just think it is a total game changer. We are bringing back the Ask Bob segment. Ladies and gentlemen, it is back. It is here. It is the Ask Bob segment. Scooty, rattle off the number that people can call on the voicemail, and let's hammer down on some voicemails. Yeah, guys, feel free to call in. No question off limits. Our number is 424 424- Two five four nine eight zero one. Give us a call. Like I said, nothing, nothing off limits. Fire away. This is the first one we got, Robbie. See what you got. Hey, Bob. This is Leo from Evansville, Indiana, the Midwest. I am calling to ask you about your thoughts on pajamas. First of all, <laughs> do you say pajamas or do you say pajamas? Second of all, do you wear them? And third. Just what's your take on them? I mean, I just throw on some boxers and go to bed, but I just figured I'd get your take on them considering I am apparently in the minority amongst my friends. So let me know, and uh, love the show, bud. Thanks. Uh, I'll tell you, Scoot, we heard a couple of these before we rolled through when we put out the number we first put out a couple. Uh-huh. And you said something that I totally agreed with. Like, you know, you've you've done a lot of different shows and, yeah. and you've heard these voicemails. The quality of voicemails that the Brilliantly Dumb Faithful leave it is incredible. It is, it is so on brand for you. I was oh. blown away by it. And like you said, I've worked on a handful of different shows. And you usually get, you know, a bunch of random type of questions. These ones are so on target with you. They were just they were cracking me the fuck up. I could not agree more, and it's such a phenomenal question. Um, to me, first off, I say pajamas, um, but, but but to me, pajamas are kind of like a robe mm-hmm. to where it, the concept of it seems great, and it seems really cool, and you want to do it. With that being said, a few minutes into whether it's having the pajamas on or whether putting the robe on, you're hot. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter what the air conditioning is at. You're hot, yeah. and... Bottom line is pajamas are meant for bed. Mm-hmm. They, pajamas don't go well with under the covers. I have never had a full night's sleep with the thing of pajamas on without either taking it off midway through the night or just going to the boxers to sleep. To yeah. where I, I just don't think pajamas – I think pajamas are kind of like blackberries. I think you're going to start <laughs> to slowly, s- slowly see them kind of fade away. Yeah. It seems like a great idea, uh-huh. but you just can't get a full night's sleep with them. I, I totally agree, and you know where I think the the PJs died? I think they died with Hugh Hefner. When yeah. Hef, when, Hef di- when Hef died, like you said, Robe and PJs kind of go robe. together. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it just when he when he kicked the bucket, so did the PJs. I agree. Now now I do think that but the pajamas are good for you know if you're watching TV, if you're in the living room, just kind of hanging out. Then you throw on a thing of the pajamas. Yep. Um, but look, if, if if you live by yourself, if you have a comfortable home situation, you just waltz around in the boxers. And, and I don't think pajamas will, will be here to stay. I think the concept of pajamas seem better, but they are not meant for being under the covers. You get too hot, and yep. I've never had a complete night of sleep yep. with a thing of pajamas on. Phenomenal question. We're rolling on to the next question here, and boy, are we going to love these voices. Hey, Bob, first time, long time. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. just a quick question for you. Considering I know you're a huge Jet fan, uh, what I heard, you're a lifelong Jet fan. Uh, quick question for you, Mike from New Jersey, uh, Randolph specifically. Hey, what do you think the Jets should do at pick two? Uh, you know, do you think we should make a play at, you know, uh, somebody in free agency, maybe name Russell Wilson or uh, – you think after the pro day today, Zach Wilson may have it in him. Thanks a lot for your time, consideration, and uh, yeah, look forward to hearing the answer. Take care. 
First things first, Randolph, New Jersey is my home turf. Is it actually? That was that was where I was born and raised. Hometown caller. I yeah, love it. that's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and so you got to take the question. No mm-hmm. question about it. Shout out Randolph, New Jersey. Go Rams. Um, big Jet fan. I actually started, I had a little phase when I was really young. I was a Saints and Jet fan. It was a New Orleans Saints fan. And I just kind of, I love Darren Brooks. He played for Notre Dame and he went to the Saints. Interesting. And I rooted for the Saints for a while, Saints and Jets. And then I just kind of feared off and stayed yeah. Jets. Um but, you know, I, I'm a big fan, Scooty. Of course, it's a shame that they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yeah. We all know how that panned out. And because, mm-hmm. I mean, that seems like I can't remember a time in my day where a guy seemed like more of a sure thing than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And so I think it's just a total shame that they didn't get him. I'm a big fan of, and I don't think enough teams do it because not enough general managers want to eat shit for five years because then they probably won't be there right. for five years. I'm a huge fan, like, you know, the Zach Wilson that they may take a chance on. Uh-huh. I would rather see them trade the pick. We're already, Jeff fans are already used to eating shit. Trade the pick, continue to rebuild. They got some good things going now. The Dolphins did this recently, and look where the Dolphins are. The Dolphins are trending upwards. Yeah. And and I just think more teams should be okay with just eating shit. Like, for example, okay, a, a terrible contract, like a team that could have ate shit and didn't. The Panthers. Yeah. Okay, why are you giving Teddy Bridgewater the money? Are you actually going to win a Super Bowl right. with Teddy? And it's nothing against Teddy Bridgewater. He had a promise. He did okay for the Saints. But are you going to win a Super Bowl with him? Probably not. Look at the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannenhill. You dish out that much money after a good year for Ryan Tannehill. I'm not saying that he's not good, but are you gonna win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill? I don't. I don't think so. And I don't. I don't want to kill the the mojo here or yeah. kind of uh, no, kill no myself fun. with the brilliantly dumb audience because I think a lot of guys are from New Jersey. You could have a robo prototype who's the perfect quarterback, and I still don't think the Jets are gonna win. That's true. Like you guys are just mush. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. You're Look, mush. Scoot. There, there, there's no way to, sh- to sugarcoat it. I mean, you definitely didn't sugarcoat it no. there, you fucking asshole. But, <laughs> but, but no, you're right. You're right. And we're used to eating shit. Let's just continue to eat shit. Let's trade the picks. Let's rebuild. Let's try and get the draft picks right. And, and and go from there. The Dolphins did it, and now they are just stocked. They're they're loaded. They're in good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you had the shot of Lawrence, you take Lawrence. But obviously, they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, which is a shame. Yep. Let's continue to eat shit and, and, and not overpay or not take a chance on a quarterback that's not a sure thing. That's probably a mid first rounder talent, mm-hmm. and, and kind of take it from there. I mean, Mel Kiper may not agree, but <laughs> fuck it. What does Mel Kiper know? Hey, we're we're brilliantly dumb, so yeah. we might be onto something here. Yeah. Right, Rob, Gordon Ramsay here. Just want to let you know that your show is the most delicious, the most amazing. All right, let's get that right right now. Gordon does not lie to you. I will bring you to my restaurant in Las Vegas and give you the best fucking beef Wellington you've ever had. Keep doing what you're doing. Love you. (laughs) I I will admit... I will admit I was at brunch with my buddy, and he uh, always does this Gordon Ramsay impression. He loves Gordon Ramsay, and when we came out with the voicemail, we went to brunch the next day. Uh, a couple of mimosas deep, he said, can I call in as Gordon Ramsay? I said, oh, yeah, this is your buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, you can absolutely do it. Let it I, I love his Gordon Ramsay. I'm a huge Gordon Ramsay guy. I said, totally, just let it rip. <laughs> are, I mean, are you a Beef Wellington guy? I'm not. I, I'm not a beef Wellington type of guy. I will say, if I went to Ramsey's restaurant, though, uh-huh. I, I would absolutely try 
the beef wellington i i love me some gordon ramsay i i really do he does these videos where he's in this kitchen and his kitchen looks like i mean you talk about a state-of-the-art kitchen it, it is so fun to just Wait, you've watch been him. in gordon ramsay's kitchen before? no watching his okay, kitchen okay. he does some of these videos in, in his kitchen he's got like 75 pots and pans <laughs> yeah. around like it looks like a full service yeah. kitchen i'm fascinated by the guy she said go like let in the uh the gordon ramsay impression uh, aside from bourdain i think ramsay's my favorite like celebrity chef yeah like celebrity kitchen totally. character like i love guy fieri but to be honest with you i, I kind of feel like fieri's food kind of stinks yeah, I mean, what is this show? Dinner, drive-ins, and Dive, Yeah, which is whatever. phenomenal. Great show. It, yeah, it's not him cooking, but no. I've heard some things about his chain. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't want to dog the guy because I love Guy Fieri, yeah. but at the same time, I, I've heard that the, the food is kind of some par because he throws, like, trash can nachos at you is what they call them. Uh-huh. And, like, these different things where I think Ramsey really I, I, I would trust a lot more from the, uh, the cooking perspective. Just going back to, like, the drunk McDonald's stuff, if I'm drunk, I'm probably going to Guy Fieri's. If I'm looking for, like, a classy dinner, I'm probably going to Gordon Ramsey. F- very fair. That's yeah. a, a, Scooty, that is a phenomenal take. You're so right about that. All right, this is our, the last one for this week. But, guys, feel free to call in so we can keep rattling these off. Hey, my name is Mike, longtime listener from Chicago. Question for you. When you dookie, do you fold the toilet paper and wipe your ass? Or do you scrunch it into a, essentially a ball and wipe your ass? Let me know. Just curious. Asking the hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Uh, do we really have time to fold toilet paper? Right. Who's folding it perfectly? Yeah. We already got to fold our laundry. Yeah. And all of it. Is, there, is there really enough time in the day to fold your toilet paper. And I don't believe so. I don't. And, and I think there are people out there that do fold it. Uh-huh. Scooty, I just don't have the time to, to fold the toilet paper. When I really think about it now, though, I think I do do one quick fold and wipe. I'm not scrunching it into a ball and wiping. I don't need a cannonball of toilet right, paper. Right, 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 right. When I when I think of him as folding, I think he's like layering it on. Right. and Like, like doing origami with the toilet paper. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I I, mean, I just don't think we have the time to fold our toilet paper. I take it in a scrunch. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I give it a quick wipe. Yeah. There's some people actually, speaking of wiping asses, there's some people who wipe their ass and, and don't look while they they wipe. Like they pretty much, I, I shouldn't say, they're, they're more still kind of sitting down uh-huh. while wiping, uh-huh. which fascinates me. Like some people will kind of sit down almost yeah. as if they're still taking a shit and come up, tuck it from under. Where I I like to get a full stand. I'm full stand too. And a swipe. I talked to Cold Cuts. He he's a tuck guy. What? It's uh, it's fascinating to me. He does it the total reverse way. He's he's great at just throwing curveballs. You never know what yeah, you're gonna get with, no, with Joey Cold I, I just, Cuts. I don't know how he does it. He's but like, I look at that guy and I go, he's a stand and wiper. Uh, you uh, yeah, you would think so. Yeah. You I I had him as a stand and wiper too. And, and no, he's not. Which is fascinating. Yeah, just totally, totally fascinating. Last thing, last thing on this, because I don't want to spend too much time on wiping ass. You ever use a bidet? Phenomenal. I mean, you like I, the bidet? I, yeah, I would really love to see the bidet become more of like a mainstream a thing. Staple? okay. The bidet right now is a thing where if somebody has a bidet, you let them know, wow, you have a bidet. Yeah. I would love to see a day where it's just normal to see a bidet to where you don't have to announce the bidet. To where the first time I used the bidet, I almost didn't even trust it. It was, like, too good to be true. Yeah. And a lot of times when things are too good to be true, it is. Yeah. Uh, not the case with the bidet. Look, it, I'd use a bidet just to say bidet. Just to say bidet. It's a great I mean, bidet, word. What a, what a word. How do you spell bidet? 
my guess is as good as yours. I'd say B E D E T. I think it's kind of French. Bidet. Yeah, I, I mean the bidets are are just spectacular. The different features and. and they're just getting more and more advanced by the day uh-huh. is the bidet. <laughs> um, I, I tell you, Scooty, th- these voicemails are going to be a weapon. We appreciate you for bringing that for, to the show. I think it just adds a whole new uh, dimension. Folks, that's Scooty Wilson behind the glass on the ones and twos. I'm Big Game Bob. We appreciate every single one of you. Again, go ahead. Get signed up for that Patreon. Link in the bio. You get the weekly happy hours. You get the cooking with Bob. We're doing bagel reviews on there. It's a fucking blast. We'll see you over there. You folks take care. Until next time, take care now. Action Park Media.